Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. As you guys know, I'm Zach. We got Nolan here, and Nolan brought a special guest to the show this week. Yeah, um, uh, let's all welcome Julian Trudeau. Hopefully I didn't mess up that last name. I'm not French Canadian or anything like special (laughs) guest, huh? Dang. I got the red carpet rolled out. Love it boys. Of course. (laughs) We're so happy that that you uh, joined us, man. It's, uh, it's, it's finally, you know, Zach and I've been off and on with the podcast for a little bit here. So um, it's good to kind of get back on it, have a guest on. So this will be really fun. And then you got, you got Reed starting next week. Oh Yeah. Another caddy joining the show. So you guys are ready to rock and roll now, huh? I feel like this quarantine's kind of dying down now a little bit. And Yeah, I don't want to knock on wood or, you know, something. Don't want to break our luck here. But it feels like things are slowly finally getting back to normal. I know I've returned back to work, so um, not, no longer at home. I, um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully a little normalcy comes back. Sports are putting plans in place to ramp back up. So what about you? What kind of sports do you like to follow besides golf? Huge Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, And we were not having the best of years, right, Zach? So That's right. You guys could see the uh, Montreal Canadiens Hawaiian shirt I brought out for the event. Epic shirt. Is that silk, by the way? Uh, I don't know what it is. It might be like a, a nice linen we got going. 100% Egyptian cotton. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Nolan, you know he's got the matching banana hammock down low, eh? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> he's ready to aloha all over the place. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so huge Montreal Canadiens fan. And uh, I went to Wichita State, even though I'm wearing a UK shirt. I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid because I live in Kentucky now. Okay. Uh, but uh, so yeah. is that a, is that a bit of a rivalry? Well, we lost to them twice in the tournament. Uh, the year that we were undefeated, we were 32 and zero or something. And we got UK in the second round, I think. And we got beat back with the uh, shock of smart. No, we've always, no, that was, that's Virginia Commonwealth. You're thinking of same. Oh. I always confuse them too. <laughs> Mid, mid-majors, but... Um, Who is your yeah, coach, then? Greg Marshall. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. So, but, yeah, so that was, it was going to be exciting to follow them because they were kind of grinding for a spot in the tournament. But, I mean, now it's kind of, you know, see you next year. So Yeah. Wichita's always been a fun team, though, for sure. I, I love those mid-majors that pop up and, uh, you know, are really quality teams, so... Well, as the Canadian here who does not follow college sports at all, were they the one with Ron Baker and Van Vliet? That's right. Yeah. Van Vliet. So I know you I know you like Van Vliet for sure. Probably a Raptors fan. I right? like Ron Baker more. That guy was incredible to watch. Yeah, he, he was. And you know, it's been cool for for us that are shocker alumni. It's just cool that we're on the map. You know, like you say, you went to Wichita State. People are like, oh, okay, yeah, I've been in the tournament. You know, we've kind of been in the tournament for the last like 10, 12 years almost straight, maybe a couple NITs, but I mean, we're, we're on the map. So it's, it's been fun. 
Yeah, I like to claim Zach. He's well. He's not. He's not a Toronto Raptors fan. Um, from what we have uh, talked about, I've converted him to a Portland Trailblazers fan. So yeah, uh, shout out, shout out our sponsor Foco for hooking the uh, hooking us up with the little swag there, Damian Lillard bobblehead. Um, nice. But I have in turn adopted the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So um, I don't know much about hockey, but you have a fan. <laughs> I love it. You're on. You're on board. It's true. I get quizzed on uh, why are they the Habs? All sorts of questions. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you know the story behind why they're called the Habs, Julian? Oh, well, <laughs> French Canadians are are called habitants. It's just like I don't know. I guess like it would be like uh, an American is a Yankee. Yeah. Kind of thing. And so I think they just cut it short and. And then it turned turned into halves. Right. So, I think. Am I right, Zach? Yeah, no, you're right. But there was something else, Nolan. There was some like uh something with the logo that wasn't actually it wasn't what people yeah. thought it was. Yeah, the C C H was for like hockey, like Canadians yeah. hockey and like some some uh I don't politician like broadcast it out that the h standing for habitants or whatever uh, instead of hockey and then it just stuck or something yeah well <laughs> i mean you could just make up any word with an h you, you could stand for halifax for all we know <laughs> yeah that's true but uh before we get to the gulf how great is it that uh the prime minister has your last name so now people know how to pronounce it dude everybody calls me justin it's a joke man <laughs> oh, oh sorry sorry julian Hey, hey, just, hey, just, you know, and it's like, you know, I wish I was in the trust fund, you know. Well, you probably weren't a snowboard instructor, so. No, and and I don't get, a, I don't get a Christmas card. Justin sends me nothing, man. So nothing. Just, You've been cut out of the family. Nothing. I mean, I got a letter from Donald Trump today. My wife and I got a letter from Donald Trump. He signed it. Said, "Here's your twenty-four hundred dollar stimulus." And Justin can't send me anything? Man, I mean, I'm disappointed in his effort. Terrible family, terrible. I, I mean, I, obviously, you guys are – I see the resemblance. Like, it's it's super obvious. So I don't know. We got we – got Wins, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's, let's go. We got to figure that out a little. So, yeah, Julian, um, big thing about you is you were on a Big Break – which I love big break. I used to watch it all the time in high school, college. Um, I always wanted to be on the big break. Um, you were on, I correct me if I'm wrong, it was like season 16, um, 16. In, in Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, at, uh, at the K-Club. Yeah, it was at the K-Club. They have two courses there, so it was kind of – this one, the Ryder Cup course, and then the other course that the European Tour, uh, European Open, or whatever, the Smurfit course. And then we filmed one day at Port Marnock, which is in Dublin. That's a Lynx course. Uh, and it was blowing like 50 that day. It was just a joke. But, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. And it was fun re-watching it. You know, it just aired. I don't know when, when the, the pod's going to air, but it just aired. You know, they did a uh, golf channel, did a marathon all day on Monday. So it was cool to rewatch it with, with my wife, um, who I met on the show. Um, I was about to say, we can get into that right now if we want to segue. I, 
I didn't know that until just recently that you and Mallory uh, married. Did that did that relationship obviously started on the show? I'm guessing. I mean, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a little flirting going on. Uh huh. <laughs> but uh, didn't didn't really flourish, I guess, until um, I actually caddied for her that whole summer. So we filmed actually in May. And then it didn't air until September. Obviously, it's a massive production. Uh, but um, yeah, about two, three weeks later, I flew to Cincinnati and I caddied for her on the Symmetra tour, which was a futures tour back then, I think. And then um, and then caddied for her another seven or eight tournaments later that summer. So that's kind of when we hooked up, I guess. Did you do well in those tournaments? She did pretty good, man. That's, you know, we kept it business-like out there. You know, there's no holding hands or no, you know, kissy-kissy, smoochy, nothing. You know, it was, it was... It obviously must have went well if she decided to get married to you after. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Do you think if, like, you missed all eight cuts that you would still be married? Ouch. Yeah. You're fired, bud. <laughs> But no, I mean, it, it, we had a blast too. Just we we were in her her car. She had a Volkswagen Passat at the time. We just packed it up and and just drove around the the Northeast and Virginia, Pennsylvania, and, and uh, Connecticut, all over the place. So it was it was a blast. Right on. So yeah. did you grow up in Montreal then? Only until sixth grade, and then my whole family we moved to Arizona. Okay. Yeah, so I'm half. So I was gonna, I was gonna say how, um, I was gonna ask about kind of how you got recruited to Wichita State from Canada. That'd be kind of an interesting story there. But I guess out of Arizona, it's a little, that's a golfing state for sure. So yeah, if you're if you're a Canadian golfer, you have to first go through Kent State, don't you? That's that's every Canadian has to try to get into Kent State, and then if you don't get in there, then you you know. It's the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kent State's like the hotbed for Canadian uh, golfers. But, yeah, no, I just – it was through, um, like, I got some help with a recruiter or whatever that, that knew uh, Greer Jones who was looking for some players at Wichita State. And so that's, that's how I ended up at, at Wichita State. Right on. Who were some of the – were some notable players there while you were there uh, that you remember or maybe some yeah. guys too? Just um, maybe have good stories that uh, didn't pan out or something. Um, the the coach now, Jed Easterling, he was there for my last two years. He's probably one of the best players in 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 the program's history. He's all American, uh, played real well. Tried to play pro for a little bit and then didn't. And then uh, was an assistant. And then he got the head coaching job this year. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then other guys that people would know, I mean, the best player in program history is Dustin Garza. I don't know if anybody knows that name. I don't know if, you know, if there's some golfers watching this, they, they remember that name. Uh, but I never played with him, so I don't know. Maybe Dustin Garza's watching. You never know. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, might, he might be. He might be down there. I think he lives down in uh, – I don't know, on the border, like Corpus Christi kind of area, but uh, anyway. Okay. Well, let's get, let's get back to Big Break a little because I want, I want a little more insight to what that was like. I mean, 
I mean, you've never been playing golf with a camera crew surrounded by you. First of all, that's got to be a little, a little odd or nerve wracking or. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, I played the year before I played nationwide tour and corn Ferry, Um, and you know, I might've got on TV four times or something, you know, I didn't play that great. So, but you know, when you, sh- when we, showed up for the very first, you know, obviously you go to the range and warm up and there's like cameras at breakfast and stuff. If you guys watch it and then, you know, so you go to the first competition part and, you know, we roll out driving in carts and then, you know, we could see it far away. It's the glass break. And then, I mean, dude, there's like 25 cameras. Like, it's just a joke. Like they're everywhere. And I, you know, we thought it was just going to be like, one angle, one angle, one angle. I mean, there's all kinds of booms and all kinds of, I don't even know the names, man. Like, Looks it, like they're shooting a movie, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just unbelievable, like, how much how much money goes into that thing and, like, how, how well made it was. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, so that was, you know, I don't know. Like, like, I was super nervous the first, you know, maybe one, two. I mean, I was nervous the whole time, but, like, right off the bat, man, I just, it was just insane. Um, so that was cool, you know, and then there's always a camera on you. There's always a microphone on you, you know, and then you've got two or three people to a sound guy and my sound guy, I still see him. He works for golf channel. So I see him at tournaments every now and then, like I saw him at Bay Hill a couple months ago, Dennis, he's there. And I remember I'd always mess with him. You know, because he can hear me, but nobody else can hear me. You know, I'd be like, I would just say something, you know, maybe it's not suitable for the air here, but. Our podcast is uh, very R-rated. We don't get <laughs> <All right. laughs> but, but yeah, so that was, that was, you know, it was just cool because it's just like, you know, obviously that's my 15 minutes of fame and, and, you know, you get treated so well. And I mean, dang, they put makeup on me and all that stuff. <laughs> Like, how long how do you oh sorry oh how do you get on the show originally well honestly i had basically already quit and i was at a gateway tour like qualifier thing and the ryan prey the guy who ran the gateway tour told me to go try out at a it was at a gateway tour event so just a mini tour in arizona um and i wasn't even playing in the in the gateway tour event that week, but I showed up, I was the last guy to interview and I was hung over <laughs> and, and I mean, I just was like, I was desperate, you know, I mean, I wanted to get on so bad. I mean, 50 G's and a couple tournaments, like, you know, I had no idea there was going to be chicks there and, and all that. I mean, I just wanted to free crack at 50 G's or what, you know, it's always a good prize. Right. So yeah, I was just at a mini tour event, and then Mallory's was at a Symmetra tour event. They had auditions, uh, so that's where I think all six of the girls got picked from was uh, Symmetra tour. I think. So, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know if the. Can't remember if the application process is uh, is really open at all. It's. It sounds like it's. You kind of already have to be a professional golfer to begin with, at least trying to make your way, and they pick from from that group which sure. makes sense yeah unless you've got a great story or something or I, I, you know i don't know how they how they did it but okay. how long of the filming process was it like was that like a few weeks couple months 
It was basically two weeks. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So there was 10 episodes. So that was 10 days. And then we're, you know, I mean, we're up at five every morning and done by about three. But then when you're done, you know, you got to go back and they film a happy hour. And, you know, and then you just kind of get loosened up for the nightly interview, you know, where you talk about the day. And uh, you, you can tell, by the way, when you watch Big Break, you can tell which nights I was a little looser than the others. <laughs> talking a little slower I was watching you know when I was watching on Monday I'm like dang but slow down on the Jameson here man. <laughs> like so um yeah it's it's I mean it's it's condensed a lot you know we took one day off in the middle to go shoot like the opening thing um the intro kind of thing at this castle or whatever you know you gotta pretend like you're a model or whatever and then, um, so yeah, they just, they, they just bang it out. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't, I mean, I always was under the impression it was like a month long ordeal, but they just fast track that thing. Oh yeah. They just crush it. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. So you mentioned the famous glass breaking, uh, challenge. I, I don't recall. Remind us all how you did in that challenge. Um, I might have broke it the fastest in big break history. Yeah. Just hammered a four iron, like low punch draw, boom. It was it was just money. I mean, obviously some you know, a little bit of luck involved, but I mean it was just like it happened really fast. Like just pulled the ball out, boom, first shot, like quick. And I was doing it against Annie, this girl on the other team, and I don't even know if she had taken the club back. She's just like Right, you had to like grab the ball out of the pyramid pile, and she was like probably getting yeah. set up, and already yeah. he here's the glass crash, and she's like didn't even yeah. get a shot. <laughs> yeah, that was, so that that was cool to start off the the whole thing. That was the first first uh, challenge or whatever you call it of the whole thing. So that's pretty cool. Did you have any uh, qualms about how you'd be portrayed in the show? Like they always like to favor some people kind of thing. Did you go into it like aware of that? I mean, yeah, they, they you know, they, they'll take stuff and plug it somewhere else for sure for context, you know, like, so, and I think I kind of knew that already. I had a couple of buddies that had been on big break before. And so I kind of knew that already and that was fine, you know, and I think, there's only one episode that I kind of went off and that was on Andy and up, you know, I was probably a little aggressive, you know, and, but I was just like that, dude, like Andy Walker, like I knew I saw him at the airport. He lived in Phoenix and I lived in Phoenix and we were both on the same flight to go. So we knew we were both on it. And I was like, this is the guy I got to beat right here. Cause already I was like, this guy's good. Yeah. So when I beat him, like, I was like, Holy cow, this is massive. Like now, you know, it was just a huge relief. And um, so anyway, he's a great dude and a great dad. And he's the head coach at Lynn University now down in Orlando. Um, but yeah, no, not not really, though. You know, I mean, just kind of, you know, I guess you just kind of do your thing and try not to say too many stupid things, <laughs> you know, and hope, hope you did all right. <laughs> If that would be my problem. I'd say way too many stupid things. Yeah, well, uh, I think I think you know after rewatching it, I, was, I think I, I did all right. 
I remember pulling for you, so there, you must have done something something right to not make me mad or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I had a couple of good one-liners in there, sprinkled in there. Yeah. You had but, a very, I remember you had a very calm demeanor about you for, for the most part compared to some of the other contestants. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drama, man. It was <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But that was awesome time. Great, like, unbelievable experience. You know, yeah. Just, you know, meeting, meeting Mallory, I mean, it's just, I mean, like, it's like, are you kidding me? You know, I mean. The cherry on top. Yeah. I mean. And now, you know, looking back, you know, I still think about losing that final, obviously, you know, that's. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you brought it up. (laughs) Yeah, and that was tough to watch, you know, and I watched it. Just I just wanted to see how bad I was swinging because that's probably how I'm swinging right now, too. I mean, I just suck now, (laughs) but never play golf anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, we have a beautiful daughter. It's healthy. I mean, it's just like, it's unbelievable what, you know, I feel like I owe those people who cast us, you know, seven cases of the best champagne in the world, you know? And True. It's crazy how like the random little things come together and work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just unbelievable. So, um, yeah. I mean, so just, after, after you uh, took second place, what was your progression there? Were you still super hungry to get back out there and compete, or did you uh, go straight to caddying right after that? Or yeah, I was already caddying. Honestly, I so that was filmed in May, and you know, I guess the October before I had lost my nationwide tour card, Corn Ferry, and I didn't even go to Q school. Uh, I just started caddying at at Whisper Rock down in Scottsdale. And I was caddying just part-time, but I mean, I had quite a bit, quite a few loops that winter. And so I was still caddying there, but then, you know, come April, May in Arizona, I mean, there's just not much caddying going on at Whisper Rock, right? It's just so hot. So everybody, all the snowbirds head north. So, um, you know, I I had nothing going on. I mean, I was, I was just going to try to caddy somewhere, um, and so when Mallory needed a caddy, I mean, it was just, it was just, I just took a chance, you know? I mean, obviously it wasn't for the money. Symmetric tour caddies aren't, right. <laughs> you're not raking in the dough. $100,000 purse. So yeah, I, I, I was done, man. I was, I was done. In fact, I mean, I've, I've only played like two tournaments since then, maybe three um and if you can't remember guess but i mean so now i I was i was done done and so it was just perfect kind of segue into into caddying gotcha tell us a little about i mean you did play a couple pga tour stops correct no pga tour events no just no just uh i guess i probably got close to getting an exemption Canadian Open when I was on the Corn Ferry Tour, uh, but it was they only gave it to X amount of Canadians on the, the Nationwide Tour. Uh, so no, no, no tour events, no U.S. Open, nothing. Just uh, just about 20, 20 Nationwide Tour events. 
in my under the belt. Yeah. So how do you end up going though? Because you went from the Symmetra tour with Mallory, you mentioned, then you ended up moving over to the PGA tour. Was it directly over or you went to the Corn Ferry or web.com or whatever it was called then? Right. No, I, so I caddied for Mallory, you know, until September, October, whatever. And then I, I caddied to Whisper Rock again that winter of 2011 and then in 2012 i started caddying for chris barilla um on the web.com tour on the nationwide um and only did maybe two or three events with him and then he was good buddies with graham delette um and i chris's old caddy derek found out that graham had fired his caddy he was looking for somebody and i knew graham not very well, uh, but, um, you know, good enough to be able to send them a message and be like, Hey man, if, you know, if you need some help, love to help, you know, and boom, I mean, he hired me for a three week trial starting now is June, 2012. Uh, Chris put in a good word for me, obviously. And that was really nice of him. And, uh, you know, Graham, and I had played against each other Canadian tour and like some gateway tour stuff. But, um, yeah. And I mean, I showed up and I, I, I didn't know what I was doing really, you know, like compared to now it's crazy how much you learn and keep learning about just little intricacies or, you know, just little things. But yeah, so that three week trial, Hartford, um, congressional and then, uh, Greenbrier and then, Boom. You know, I've been caddying on tour for eight years now. Yeah, you got, like, thrown into the fire with Graham. He was playing some some big tournaments and even qualified for the President's Cup that year, right? That was, the next, that was the next year, yeah. So when I started with him, he was still on his medical. He was trying to, to get enough money to, to get his card back through the medical. And I think we did that at the third tournament, Greenbrier. We finished, like, 11th or something like that. Um. And, you know, like when I started caddying for him, like I knew Chris was, Chris Perilla, I'm talking about, he was unbelievable, like so much talent. He just was never healthy. Uh, and I had played a lot of golf with him. We were good buddies. Um, but Graham, like when I started caddying for Graham, I mean, I'm just like, dude, I'm so glad I'm not playing against this guy. Like, I just, I mean, he's just so good. Just a joke, you know? And so, so just a matter of just being healthy and um you know his back held up nicely through because that's what the medical was for his back surgery in in 11 uh so yeah i just kind of started just pumping out top tens just about every other week it was just a machine there for you know while he was healthy until kind of maybe end of 2014 um so yeah i mean got on the president's cup team i mean Got to like 25th in the world, I think, without ever winning. Just had just so many good finishes, just playing so solid. So a lot of consistent golf right there. Yeah. What? What? Where was the Presidents Cup at that year? It was at Muirfield Village in uh, Columbus. Yeah. So that was that was incredible because we played every match like in Presidents Cup back then. Everybody played every match, so. You know, Nick Price just paired us with Jason Day, and we played every match with Jason Day. 
who lives in Columbus. Yeah. So we had, even though it was an American crowd, like we had a pretty good, pretty good following. And just to play with Jason was just amazing for Graham, you know, just pumping him up with confidence and obviously playing with an incredible player, Jason, great dude. And his caddy Colin at the time too. Like, I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was awesome. That was the year also. I think he, he made that chip in, eh, to beat Spieth. Was it on 18 or was it 17? Yeah, that was on 18. Well, he – okay, so in singles, yeah, he holed out from the bunker against Spieth on 18 yeah. to win maybe one up or two up, I forget. But the day before, or maybe it was like the morning, he chipped in on 18 against Phil and Keegan – he chips in, and then Keegan makes, like, a 10-footer to tie the match. And that was, like, the most incredible scene that I've probably ever been a part of. Like, when Graham made that chip, it was just insane. Dude, he, like, high-fived Jason and, like, almost took his arm off. <laughs> I mean, just, like, the fire was – I mean, it was unbelievable. And then Keegan makes the punt on top of him. It was just, like, I'm sure Keegan will never forget that putt in his life. Like, it was just a yeah. massive putt just like ice cold like it was just unbelievable golf is it is it weird because i know well especially as a canadian like the americans they have so much pride in the event because they're like one half of it obviously and canada isn't just represented as a country we're represented as a group is it any different when it's like that i don't know you know i kind of you know for me like i grew up I guess I, I rooted for the Americans in in the Ryder Cup, I mean. But, you know, part of me kind of liked the Euros, too, and never really was on a side. And then, you know, as far as, like, President's Cup, I don't know, just, like, at the beginning, it was like I loved Fred Couples so much growing up that it was just like, oh, I'll root for them. And then it's like Mike Weir comes on the scene, you know, and then they had President's Cup at Royal Montreal and all that. Like, uh, so that's probably, like, kind of when – I was, you know, and then obviously Graham. So now I'm probably more international fan, so to speak, you know, but yeah, I think being, you know, being there in, in Columbus, I think, I think the fans are pretty good. And then they had like the Aussie fanatics or whatever those dudes that were green and yellow. Yeah. yeah. Those dudes are amazing. And they came and partied with us the last, the last night. Like there's like the kick, you know, the last night, well, shindig or whatever, and they were there partying with us, and uh, so it was an unbelievable experience. So after, let's see, when did you stop uh, caddying for Graham then? So in 2017, we were in South Korea, and he had to withdraw. His back was just jacked, just really bad, and that was the – second time that we had gone over there and he he wasn't feeling great um 2014 we had gone over there and he had to pull out of malaysia and china and then uh and then you know he he didn't play for two years so so starting in october 17 you know he took a late october you know obviously he took an extended break just to try to get healthy and so i bounced around uh, in 2018, I bounced around and caddied for a bunch of different guys. And, um, and then at the end of the year, I caddied for 
um, Montel Griffin for six tournaments, caddied for Colt, Nost, probably like eight to 10 events in there in those, you know, ever since I started working for Adam Long a year ago. Hmm. And uh, I mean, a bunch of other guys that I caddied, you know, one event for kind of like a fill-in type of a deal, you know, like caddy was having a kid, then, you know, he'd go home and be with his wife and, and, and kid. And uh, I would fill in, which, you know, it was not ideal because, you know, it's great to be able to work obviously, but you know, you can't help anybody, you know, in one week, it's just hard to, you know, it's hard to pick a club. It's like, I don't know your game, you know, five or six iron. I don't know, dude, like just flip a coin you know so so that's been great to to be able to be with adam for you know over a year now so now i'm you know definitely comfortable helping him out how'd you uh how how'd that relationship start with you and adam um he so he was gonna fire his caddy and then uh, his coach josh gregory reached out to me because he knew i had i had worked some for grayson murray at the start of 2019 i've worked six or seven events for him and then he his back was all jacked up so he had to take a medical so josh knew that i was kind of looking for someone he reached out to me is any interest in, in working for adam and i said hell yeah I mean, just one Bob Hope and uh, awesome dude, great player, you know, and uh, a bunch of my friends on tour knew him. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was real great timing, honestly, that that worked out like that and that Josh kind of put us together and, and Adam kind of asked his buddies to, you know, who, who he should hire and my name came up a couple different times. So, um, I guess that's that's how that's how it goes. Yeah. What type of relationship do you guys have? Because we see with a lot of different guys, like we know Reed and Hubbard, they're incredibly close on the course, but off it they don't talk too much. And we see some caddies who are living with the players on the road. Yeah, it just depends, huh? Like there's there's a there's just a variety of, of stuff. I mean, we don't stay together very often trying to think i mean like i stayed at his house for during honda because he lives close to honda but it's it's kind of rare that we've stayed together um but like our our wives are great buddies they're great friends and they just had a kid like a month month and a half ago so i know emily she likes to she'll she'll text mallory um you know really tips yeah, just like little things, right? Like so, uh, so that's cool that they're they're good friends. Um, and now you're really locked in if the wives are friends. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. If you want like job security, just be in with the player's wife. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he knows. But yeah, so um, yeah, so I guess yeah. I mean, we'll we'll hang out. Uh, we we don't stay together that often, but you know. I think we're, we're pretty good buds. We've become pretty good, pretty good friends. And, and uh, so that's, that's a really cool dynamic. Um, like when, when I was with Graham, I mean, I had the ultimate job security there because my wife was their twins nanny on the road. When she quit playing, she was looking for something to do. And then Graham's wife, Ruby was like, well, do you want to just 
travel and just come help out with the kids. And Mallory was like, heck yes. So, so she would come. And so we stayed together a lot and uh, Mal would, would help uh, Graham and Ruby with uh, the twins, Roscoe and Lila. And so I babysat them a bunch, changed a few diapers, learned, learned a few tricks there too. And so we, we were super, super tight. And um, so, and we still are. So it's, um, yeah, so, but it, it just depends. They're like, yeah, some guys just kind of just strictly business and then off the course, just whatever, just see you tomorrow, boom. And other, other guys are real good, real good buds. Yeah. And what do you think, uh, like for you, what's your best attribute as a caddy? Like, like, is it, is it that, you know, the game so well, like some of our guys are just like very casual guys to be around. They're not great golfers. They just like make relax their player kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I mean, you, I don't know. You'd have to ask other, other caddies. I've always thought like, you know, who, who would I want to caddy for me if I was on tour now, you know, and I've got like a few names of guys that, that I would like, you know, I, I guess, you know, not being annoying to your player is huge because if you're annoying, I mean, you're just getting fired fast. Yeah, that's a quick way to, <laughs> yeah, to burn that bridge is to rub them the wrong way, obviously. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, and, you know, I think a lot of the, I mean, a lot of tour caddies, I guess they know that or maybe they don't know that, but it's just like in the back of your mind, you know, it's like they make two bogeys in a row. Well, I mean, they might not, you might need to give them some space or 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 maybe they like a joke or, you know, whatever. So. I don't know my best attribute, man. I've... You're really good at pulling the right club. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah. I just pick one and then I cross I, and then I pray. I guess there's a question: Have you ever given your player the wrong club and he's hit it, or like noticed and been like, "Dude, you gave me the wrong club"? <laughs> Not well. There's one at this is my first British Open, Graham's first British Open at Muirfield on number nine. It's 300 yards to this bunker. And it's like barely helping. Like it's off the left and barely helping. And he just grabs two iron. And he's like, this is fine, right? And I go, yeah, absolutely, dude. Just send it. And he hit this thing under the lip of this pot bunker, 300 off the tee. And he was fuming. Because oh. <laughs> then the next shot, I mean, the, you know, the, the stacked bunker in – in uh scotland or whatever chip on sideways and we make bogey on this easy par five you know and then it was not good but so yeah i mean there's there's been a lot of bad clubs not too many bad yardages i guess i've caught a couple of them luckily because i mean the next shot was going ob like 40 over the green Nothing too flagrant yet as far as I'll knock, I'll knock on that. Was that was that the worst? Was that like the angriest you've ever, ever had a player at you? Was that instance or has there been worse? <laughs> oh, no. Graham's lit me up before. <laughs> oh, yeah. On like a read or something or? No. I mean, he lit me up at Riviera. This was incredible. <laughs> I was – 
we're on number five and I'm, and I mean, it's probably never three wood. And I just didn't know it was my first time there, you know, and he just smashes this three wood bounce, bounce, bounce down on this down slope. There's like this love grass. That's probably like a foot high on this nasty down slope. Hit it through the fairway long and left. I mean, we get up there and I thought this ball is perfect and it's just buried and we make just a terrible bogey. And then we go to six, par three, it pins back left. It's the green with the bunker in the middle of the hole. Yeah. The green, you know? And so he hits the six iron. <laughs> it's going right at the flag. And it hits like this far above the, the ground on the flag stick. Boom, dead center. and kicks back all the way off the front of the green. And, I mean, he is just livid. And I'm like, I think I tried to say, like, all right, bud, let's go get it up and down. And he goes, don't talk to me, go. <laughs> was, oh, my God, it was hilarious. I don't know who was in that group, but I'm sure they remember that because he was just red like a strawberry. Like, it was hilarious. I mean, not at the time, but looking back. But, that's good stuff. I think, yeah, that's a cruel I, – I always hate, you know, when I hit the flag all the time. Uh, but – it's so weird how it, you know, creates so much spin and just zips it back like a mile. You hit the flag all the time, bud, like Mo Norman or what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. I hit the flag one time in my life. What a moment that was. Did you no. keep the ball? I do have the ball. It's my one and only eagle. Is, is Damon Lillard holding it up there? <laughs> no, you should, though. That's actually a good place to put it. Uh, you have a hole in one, Julian? Yeah, I got a call. I got three. Oh, I hate people who have multiple hole in ones. Sick and <laughs> How many you guys got? Zero. Goose egg. Huh? Goose egg. Where was your first one at? It was in Arizona. And or how old were you? Uh, I was like twenty-five. All right. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Twenty-five. It was a four iron from like two twenty. Just like really four. If I ever get one, it's gonna be from like 120 out on like some easy part three. A little pitch and fire, whatever. That's hey, right. Hey, doesn't matter, bud. You're gonna celebrate hard. Uh, yeah. I always said I'm gonna quit golf if I ever get one, but now it might be tough with a golf podcast. Yeah, that's fake news. That's yeah. Fake no, news. it wasn't fake news back then. I'm a man <laughs> of my word. <laughs> 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 Back's on the quest uh, for the mini tour, actually. That's true. Yeah. You seem very confused. It's also true that I'm very bad at golf, but I want to enter a mini tour event because I think it would make great content to have, like, Reed Martin on my bag, like, scaring everyone away. What do you think you're going to shoot, bud, if you just played, like... So that's the over-under. I think it was, uh, it was set for now at over-under 100. 100 over par for three rounds. Dang. So, like, 33 over every round? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll beat it. Reed's like, no, you got to go higher than that. I'm, like, a 25 handicap, but I feel like the pressure, the pressure will cost me a little. Okay. Being with someone who actually is very good at golf probably won't help. Being like, <laughs> I probably get my ball out. Maybe it'll inspire you, man. That's true. What if I just dominate just out of nowhere? Like, yeah, dude, what if you shoot three rounds in the 80s? And don't forget to post those. That's right. 
and I'll be the quickest to post my score. Like I'll live tweet it for all the degenerate gamblers who are betting on it. They'll be like, this guy's my favorite. He actually updates his score. I got it all figured out. Yeah. So I'm our big tiger guy, Julian. Uh, you by chance have any opportunities to play near or caddy around the famous Tiger Woods? We played with him one time. Yeah, with Graham? Yeah, with Graham. Uh, this is 2015 at Sawgrass, third round. And we both made the cut on the number. So we were off early on Saturday morning and like 845 or something. But I mean, it's just like six to eight people deep, like 100 yards down the fairway. Like it was incredible. Yeah. Uh, so just, just that one time. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And he wasn't playing great at that time. Like he was banged up, um, just body hurting. It was kind of that period where he was – kind of struggling with his health so yeah it didn't matter like it was it was unbelievable like it was you know it's like we all kind of grew up idolizing him and kind of wanted to be like him as far as you know golfers so yeah that was that was pretty cool what was uh what was it like for Graham did he uh did he enjoy the extra eyes or or the extra backboards I should say of people exactly. lying <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I think he did, man. I mean, it was just it was really cool. I mean, it, it wasn't like playing with Tiger in let's say 2002 when he was just a machine, you know. Yeah. But, you know, because he talked to us and he was he was fairly laid back ish, right? I mean, obviously he's trying to shoot 63, but. So, so it was cool in that sense that it was, you know, he talked to Graham and Graham knew him obviously, you know, just from being around It wasn't the first time he had met him obviously. So, but yeah, it was, it was just cool just seeing just all the people there and uh, Tigers was awesome, you know, just talking and just watching him hit the ball too. He's still just flushing it. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Is it like a different sound hearing him hit the ball? I mean, uh, yeah. Is there, is there some some mythical lore like out? There? I mean, what were you just like awestruck when you like first saw him? You're like, I can't believe this is like Tiger Woods right in front of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah. The the sound. Yeah, it might sound a little bit different, but I mean, it's not. Oh, just oh, completely different sound. Well, I mean, is he hitting a different golf ball? Does he have like a you know, is he hitting it with like a sword named Excalibur, or like what was what's going on here? Yeah, but no, I mean it's yeah. I mean when Tiger's on the range, it's pretty easy to just kind of your eyes float over there watching hit balls. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch uh, the match 2.0 this past week? Watched a little bit. Yeah, not the whole thing. Just had a lot going on. It's just hard to watch a five-hour event when you have a 16 month old kid you know so but yeah i watched a few it was i thought it was awesome man you guys i mean i'm sure you guys watched it yeah, yeah i wasn't able to watch the whole thing either like you said it's pretty long to watch especially uh you can watch tiger all day the rest of them i don't know a couple <laughs> yeah. shots were enough 
but yeah, I mean, it was just cool. Like compared to the first one, it was awesome. It was just kind of, there's a lot more trash talking and just talking in general, right? Like it was, it was cool having Brady and uh, Peyton Manning there too. Dude, just, that, I, I can't believe Brady was like playing terribly through six holes. And then all of a sudden he holds out. Out of like, nowhere, dude. The microphones and everything just yeah, going everywhere. And he's just like, boom, no big deal. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was crazy. I was like, this almost feels scripted. But I was like, how do you, you can't script a shot like that, you know? <laughs> right. I think they could ever do it without, uh, without Tiger at the same level, like if they'll try to replace him. Because I feel like the numbers are going to be drastically lower. Yeah, I mean, obviously Tiger moves the needle more than anybody, but, you know, I mean, I feel like you could do it with, I mean, think, you know, like, would you guys watch, like, let's just say, okay, Phil and Justin Thomas against, you know, pick a couple good, like, or not them against, but, you know, pick, like, a couple good amateur players, like, just say Kelly Slater and pick another good, amateur kind of celebrity they need you know, Michael like, Jordan that'll do it Michael Jordan dude boom like 100% I would watch that yeah, but great. Michael Jordan's gonna be like wait we're giving 20 million to charity I thought this was a bet <laughs> yeah exactly yeah I'd like to know what the side action is yeah MJ would put it up some serious side action if we learned anything from those last dance documentaries <laughs> yeah I still haven't watched that man I need to watch I mean so like whole Twitter timeline is just like, oh my God, this is amazing, amazing, amazing. And I guess when I, I think when I hit the road here to go to Colonial, uh, I'll, I'll probably try to queue it up and watch that. That's, that's awesome. So yeah, you guys are playing in the, the first, it's like, it's like the season's restarting. It's crazy, man. I mean, I've never been home in the spring, like ever, you know, not like no, no golfer or, you know, if you've caddied for a while, nobody's been home. Yeah, ever. be your busiest time of the year right now. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's it's just been crazy. It's going to be hard leaving. Um, it's going to be really hard leaving. Just been spending so much time with the family at home. You know, it's just going to be hard for every caddy and player to to leave. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's but you know, just got to go back to the. You know, this isn't this isn't real life here. Just sitting at home, uh, taking care of the household. You know, just gotta get back to work. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped to to go to Colonial, man. It's a great track, and it's gonna be hot as fire there. Dallas, Fort Worth in June. Woo! Yeah, bring a couple uh, changes of shorts and socks so you can uh, do a little swap at the turn or something. A couple extra banana hammocks, Zach. You got That's right. Year. At least you get to wear shorts. Yeah, the poor players are going to be <laughs> suffering. Oh, uh, yeah, that's going to be brutal. But I don't know. I think everybody's just chopping at the bit to get back out there. You know, obviously, and the tour's done such a good job of kind of, you know, guiding and, and just trying to be prudent and do the right thing. You know, I mean, they're just being cautious, yeah. and, and that's fine. Let's just get back to it, and let's, let's just get the ball in the air. Like, it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't know, Nolan, if you had any more questions, but we got uh, one last topic to discuss, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. 
what's going on. We, we got a playoff spot. We could win the first overall pick. Things are looking up. Dude, I don't even remember where it's been so long, man. I haven't even, like, I don't know what's, you know, are they going to finish the season? Are they, have they scratched it? I, I don't know. I don't know. I got a kid, no. man. It's, they it's they scratched. So I'm going to give you the summary. They scratched okay. the season. Okay. The Habs, who had the 25th best win percentage in the league, are somehow the 24th and final team put in the playoffs because they went by total points, not win percentage. And Come on. We're playing Pittsburgh in a best three to five series to play either Washington, Tampa, uh, Boston, or Philly in the quarterfinals, and then it's normal playoffs. So the Montreal Canadiens have somehow made the playoffs, even though we had 0% chance when the season ended. I mean, I got to get back to, you know, I used to click on that score mobile app all the time, but now, I mean, it's just been on shutdown the last two, you know. I know. I used to be like, the first like week while it ended, I'd go there by like nature, just used to pushing my thumb there. And now I think I've just gotten so used to no sports. It's sort of sad that I've just gotten used to there being no sports. Yeah, I mean, I got to get back into it. So that's going on like in June or July or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Start date, they don't even know. We will win the cup, though. We'll win the cup. I mean, Penguins. Yeah. Washington, Boston. Come on. Guys, those guys, they haven't been working out. They've got nothing on us. We have uh, Joel Armia. What are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. We're ready to go. Oh, well, that'll be fun to watch. I mean, obviously, I'm like a fake fan. I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) No, it's good. You're born there, so you have uh, rights for life. Yeah, right. You got an excuse if you're a father of a young one, too. <laughs> well, now you're a fan, too, Nolan. So, I mean, you're on board now. You're on the Habs train, so. Thank <laughs> you, Habs. That's yeah. right. Uh, well, uh, finally, if, uh, if I'm ever able to cross the border and get back to my attending of PGA Tour events, we'll for sure have to catch up and uh, sounds good. root on our teams. But uh, – until then, thanks so much uh, for making the time, Julian. I know uh, you've got a kid, you've got a family going on, so we really appreciate that. Yeah, you got it now. Baby's sleeping. We're, we're good. We're home free, boys, till morning, hopefully. We're living right. the best life. Well, uh, thanks, you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, yeah, Julian. Boys, stay safe. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.